0: Coming soon to a city near you, Road Roadshow. Have you ever wondered how to attend Italy for free? Are you a wine trade professional? Interested in a sponsored trip to Italy International Academy or Italy the Wine and Spirits Exhibition? Coming soon to Princeton, New Jersey, Harlem, New York and Chinatown in New York City, Cardiff in Wales, London in England and Roost in Austria. We'll be giving away our new textbook, Italian Wine Unplug 2.0. Find out more more about these exciting events and for details on how to attend, go to liveshop.vnatally.com. Limited spots available. Sign up now. We'll see you soon. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods.
1: Hello, this is Cynthia Chaplin, and today I have the great pleasure of sitting down with Lydia Richards and Maria Calvert who co-founded a project called Hispanics in Wine in September 2020. And it's a nonprofit dedicated to showcasing Hispanic and Latinx roots in the beverage and hospitality industries, which is very needed right now. Uh, Lydia is a certified sommelier, so am I, and a WSET level four diploma candidate, just like me. So she's originally from Panama and currently living in New York. And in 2017, she founded her own wine education, consulting and tasting events company called Vino Concierge. In 2021, she became the PR manager for Taub family companies. Maria was born in Quito, Ecuador, but grew up in Queens, New York. And Maria was the VP of global communications and charity committee co-chairman at a currency broker on Wall Street. But in 2018, she decided to follow her palette into the wine industry, good choice, and joined a renowned Colangelo PR agency in New York City, heading communications campaigns in food and wine worldwide. Maria is WSET Level 2 candidate, so she's got some catching up to do here, and marketing and communications Level 2 mentor in the Batonage Mentorship Program for Women. So both of these ladies have been recognized as 40 under 40 tastemakers by wine enthusiasts, Wine Business Monthly, wine industry leaders, and invite seventy-five people to watch. So I feel completely overwhelmed having all of these awards sitting around me here today. But thank you for coming to Wine to Wine and being with us here in Verona.
2: Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's our huge pleasure. So, Vidya
1: you're from Panama. When did you move to the U.S.? Um, I know you studied fashion
3: and graphic design. What got you into wine? Yes, um, first off, I just want to say thank you so much for having us, and they we're super excited to be here. So, moving to the US, I moved in in 2011, so I've actually almost been here for 12 years, and mostly in New York. Um, what really got me into wine was I actually studied fashion in London, so I had a lot of international friends, um, particularly a French friend who was really into wine. And she, her family was almost like a Collector level, they have the little, little smart. I love these out. French people. Yeah, <laughs> they and, drag um, people into wine whether you want to do it or not. Yeah, how. like geez, that family had a really small vineyard. Like they would make wine, but it would be more like for them, their consumption. And that just opened my eyes coming from Panama. I, like I, I knew a little bit about wine, aka blue Farm, Eighteen, um, so, yeah, so it wasn't French. Right? Exactly, that so <laughs> was it. Like, just opened the door for like. Not even just about the wine itself, but the culture and everything, experience surrounding it. So, I think that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with it. So, moving to New York, I still had that wine uh, passion that it was just there, but I was working in fashion. Um, But I I used to take like uh, classes, wine classes after work, and sort of like a passion hobby. And at some point, I I certified, I became certified sommelier. I started looking into the WSCT, and I was like, wait, what am I doing? I need to start thinking about that. it I wasn't necessarily happy about my career. So my parents were like, Why don't you just like try to see what's out there in the wine world? And I was like, yeah, like Wow, good thing.
1: parents. My parents yeah. were
3: like, No, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I dad at I mean, he didn't necessarily understand. He was like, Do you want to be a professional wine uh, drunker? <laughs> but obviously it all paid off, but you know, I'm just happy to, that I was able to follow my passion and here we are. Good. Awesome. So,
1: Maria, you studied Spanish and business admin, and you have a super successful career
2: in finance.
1: So, what made you ditch your finance career and go into wine?
2: So, you know, I worked in finance for eight years, and I loved my job because I'm very geeky in terms of like macroeconomics and how, you know, one economy relates to the other economy, and we have a domino effect, hence what's happening right now. Exactly. Uh, in the exactly. Markets. But uh, I realized that whenever I would go on vacation, I would always see if I can go to a local winery. Uh, I'm all about culture, I love food, and I love wine as a consumer in general. Um, and I was st- starting to kind of discover my palate. Do I like reds, do I like rosés, bubbly wine? Uh, and so when, eight years after working in finance, I kind of had to reevaluate my life before I turned 30. Um, yeah, the big magic number. <laughs> the big magic number. You kind of wonder, well, is my career going to take this direction, or should I do something a whole different? So, I don't know. I just I had this heartbeat where I felt I was a bit, you know, not doing my passion work in finance, and so through conversations, networking, going to
0: PR, you know,
2: networking with people in the food industry, the wine industry, um, someone was like, "Look, you do this when you travel. Why don't you go and discover wine?" And I never crossed my mind of wine and PR, and it's such a huge necessity. But you always think of wine and restaurant or winemaking. And so I connected with individuals, someone connected me to the Colangelo agency, and here we are. And, and magic, so yeah. there
1: you go. And here you are at Wine to Wine, focus on wine communications for the week. So <laughs> that is, there yeah. is PR is so important for, for the wine industry right now, so you made
3: the right move. The one thing that I really want to ask you, Sita, how did you guys meet? So we we met at a, at Colangelo PR shout out. <laughs> so we they are partners. So, exactly. Last so in twenty eighteen I believe like yeah. I was a blur. <laughs> um, we met in twenty eighteen and we were basically two latinas in the office. So I remember seeing her name coming up and I was like, she. And they kind of just came out and jumped at her I'm like, hey hola. she's like, okay give me a second. But after the, after that we started working together and we developed a really good working relationship and then a friendship. So. No, oh, very cool story.
1: Um, it doesn't always happen that way in an office, so you know, that's that's a good story. I know that you're both really passionate about inspiring and mentoring the next generation, which is going to be hugely important in the wine industry. Um, and you're you're both you know working with BIPOC and Hispanic Latinx people who are wanting to come into the industry. How are you acting on your passion? You know what? What gave you the idea for Hispanics in wine? Because it's it is so fundamental right now that we you know really reach out to communities that are underrepresented in our industry. Our industry is known for being horrendous at this, mm-hmm. um, and because we're women as well. Um, and with me, my my children are all Gen Z, so I want to hear what gave you the inspiration. What are you doing? How are you
3: acting this out? What are you going to do? No, absolutely. And actually, going back, so we met at. We started working in all of these incredible, with these incredible brands doing these amazing events, tastings, meeting sommeliers, uh, and everything was phenomenal that we were learning so much. At the same time, we were also learning that we were one of the few people that looked like us. Absolutely. Like women, but also Latinas uh, that were in these spaces talking to the winemakers, the executives, um, and it just felt like something that we. we both started chatting. Before the pandemic, it was more like, oh, you know, we should do something about this. But it yes. never came to fruition. So during the pandemic, you know, we were all stuck at home and reevaluating our lives and figuring everything out. The silver lining COVID. Exactly. It was like at the peak, and, and you know, we, there were so many conversations that started happening around diversity or the lack thereof in the industry. Um, and then with Julia Coney starting Black Wine Professionals, it was really something that we're like, oh wait, we can actually do this. We can create some kind of space. Obviously, we never expected to for it to go the way it has gone. But you know, let's just share a, read a space where we can share stories of the Hispanic and Latinx community that that are in the wine industry, wine stories, but also people in marketing, people in sales. Like basically, what we didn't know wine was, right? Like wine PR there's so many things, there's so many roles that you can do within the wine industry.
1: We just wanted to make sure that
3: we were representing that. Absolutely. And sharing those
1: conversations. Yeah, I'm obviously a lot older than you are, but the number of times I've heard people say, I didn't know wine could be a career. Right, right. When I got interested in wine, I was 19, and I didn't think it could be a career. So I think just putting it out there that, yes, it can be a career in many ways that you don't think of, like your dad, you know, it's not just about drinking wine. But also, you know, people who don't see themselves in our industry, mm-hmm. um, making that space is, is super important. So what are your individual roles in Hispanics & Wine? What are you guys doing? So we're the general trace <laughs> <laughs> As we've been often on. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, we started
2: Hispanics & Wine as a social project in 2020, and it was Lydia and myself, and with our pure background, we started off social media, and that's us creating the content, uh, doing some of these interviews. Uh, we also had a team member, um, who, Yvonne Nell, who also participated, helping to get those conversations out there. Um, and fast forward, now being officially a nonprofit in 2022, we're still doing a bit of everything. So whether that is you know, outreach for sponsorships, for certain you know, events, or just partnering with great organizations like The Roots Fund to provide uh, education. You know, we also do a lot of admin, I mean we're we're all behind the scenes. We do it all. Exactly,
1: exactly. Well, what advice would you give to young people from those communities who want to get into wine? Um, where do you think the best place is to start and what sort of words of wisdom would you want to share with them?
0: Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show.
3: So something that kind of helped in it was what would I, my clients have told me, like, it's never too late. There's something that you're doing or you're pursuing, go for it. Like, the work, you can figure it out as you go along. And also, uh, I think that's something like a good example of Maria and myself is like we were in these careers and we weren't necessarily happy you can always do that change. So I think that's important. And also, you know, really, it's all about representation. I think that's sort of what we're trying to push with Hispanics um, in mind. So don't be, don't be afraid. Um, I think a good piece of advice that somebody told me early on. Try to network connect with people that are already doing the work that you want to do that's really important I mean, that's a great piece
2: of advice exactly finding your
1: people and people who are going to support you
2: and,
3: and you know be there for you and have your back i think is super important absolutely
1: and you,
2: you see it now especially
3: that we have social media there's an easier communication channel for people that you can dm them. worst thing that they can do is not respond and you know what there's plenty of other people that you can reach out to be more than happy to respond so reach out and Get mentors. That's great.
1: That's that's really good advice. Um, it, it's really interesting because we know that um, BIPOC and Hispanic and Latinx communities are growing at a huge rate, not just in the U.S. but everywhere. And, and you know, because of the nature of the world today, as you said, economies um, are making it such that people have to leave their home, go somewhere else to to get a job. What does the wine consumption? look like, um, particularly in the U.S., because that's where you guys are, Um, in these communities. How are they, you know, I know how I feel about language keeping people out of wine. So how is the wine consumption coming up in young communities that aren't hugely represented, that haven't really, you know, been invited to the table? What's what's it looking like for them, their wine consumption? How should wine producers try to
2: engage with people who've been, you know, kind of kept out in Mm one way or another? And I love this question because you know we just presented here yeah. to Wine just about that exact subject matter. And one thing that we love to highlight um, for anyone who's unaware about the Hispanic and Latinx uh, consumer or just demographic in the U.S. is that it's a significant segment. We're talking the economic power, but also the size. We're talking about like it's a demographic of sixty-two point one million Hispanics. In Let's the just US. say that again:
1: sixty-two point one million Hispanics in the U.S. And
2: in terms of economic power, when we look at the US Latino GDP, which is the gross domestic product, um, in 2019, it was 2.7 trillion with the T. Again, those numbers speak for themselves. And so when we look at this data, you're like, well, how is this re- related and relevant to the wine industry? You know, a um, research firm in, in the US and California, when we were to counsel, alongside with Fox, produced a great research report outlining that the Hispanic consumption increased by 42% over the last couple of years. Yeah. It is outgrowing, outpacing the other groups. And do you think that has to do also with women buying power? Absolutely. We are, we are the biggest wine consumers within our segment. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of those wine consumers look like Gen Z's and millennials. Um, 20% of them are Hispanic of that marketing demographics. And so I think when we, we speak on Producer level of how do I reach that Hispanic consumer? I think that you know something that we covered and and, and it's not it's about you not Doing it yourself. It's relying on the community So there's connectors of the communities and that means leveraging the wine trade who are Hispanic who understand culturally the the consumer and can be that connector for you throughout your supply chain Um, There's also you know working with community driven organizations like the Roots Fund Hispanics in Wine uh, huge Society, Lyft Collector, there's just so many out there now. Um, connect with them, they can guide you in terms of what is your strategy, what is your end goal with the wine consumer, and let's talk about this. Right. I think that's so important for producers
1: to understand, particularly Italian producers, you know, let's face it, Me Too and things like that haven't really gotten to Italy yet. We're, we're, we're working on it, but hasn't really gotten here. It's a little depressing, it's still <laughs> a lot of you know, aged, old white cis men who, who don't really want to understand what's going on. So, I think that's a really important point, not to try to do it yourself, but to find the connectors within the communities that are mm-hmm. going to already be out there and, and be connected and people trust them. Mm-hmm. So, um, for an Italian wine producer, reaching out to, like, Youth Society Roots Fund, that's a great way to go. And that's not something I've heard said before. So, I think that's really important strategy for, for producers how to reach this completely untapped group of consumers who have a lot of money and are interested. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a really interesting piece of information. Um, We talked briefly and and anyone who listens to me normally knows that wine education is one of my real um, passions. So how do you think wine education is reaching these communities? I mean, is representation going up among wine trade professionals or are we, as I said, Doomed to a room full of straight old white men forever.
3: <laughs> I just have to say I laughed when I saw this question And gladly, that's not going to be the case. We are definitely, we are, we are already seeing the change in how these rooms look like in terms of like the, the tastings the, the events and everything um, beyond that. I think from when we started, it hasn't even been that long to now. We definitely see the White education is certainly growing and there's a lot of opportunities through these organizations for educational um, scholarships and financial assistance. So th- it's definitely reaching. It could be better. I think we, need, we all need to do a collectively uh, a better job at communicating all these opportunities. Yeah, and
1: of course we can't say we're supporting education if we don't put money there. Yes. So scholarships is super important and we need people to support that and to you know really come in as,
3: as sponsors. Sure, and amplifying the work that um, the Roots Fund, our so, so Hispanics of Wine, Hugo, the Hughes Society, they're really putting in the work and like creating all of these uh, opportunities for, for people that are you know interested in, in getting into the wine. So it's like we're just trying to get them into the table. And they are doing some amazing social media
1: too. Yeah. And I think that's something that um, producers in Italy don't really understand as well as they might. The, the power and the energy and kind of the vitality of a lot of the social media that's going on, particularly with new organizations that are trying to sort of bring new people to the table, get some get some support and get some momentum going. So social media as well is, is pretty crucial. So we're, we just wanted to talk about this, we were speaking before we, we started this afternoon, about the position of BIPOC wine workers, our vineyard stewards, the people who are really feet on the ground, hands on the vines, often undocumented, no legal representation, no health care. And, and they're kind of the unofficial workers who support our industry. Without these people, we would not have wine in our glass, let's be honest. Um, And I just wanna talk to you about how you think the industry can shine some light on on these people and protect them and engage them. I know you're doing some initiatives and you're working on support for vineyard stewards. Tell me what that looks like because I, I was saying to you earlier, I recently interviewed Brian Lima, who did a documentary about the children of the vine in California where Roundup is still used and there's a huge incidence of cancer among vineyard stewards and, and children in general, and these people are not able to access um, legal representation. So, how are you guys reaching out? What are you What are you doing? What initiatives are you taking to support and um, engage with the vineyard stewards?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that for us, um, you know, being freshly minted uh, nonprofit organization, you know, we're at the stage of like fundraising for next year's program, and one of our pillars is focused on helping the vineyard stewards, right? And through that is really supporting the local organizations that have been doing a lot of the great work on the ground. Because our purpose for Hispanics and Wine is being able to support, it's not just proprietary things. Like, we work better in community. And that's something that we've seen such a huge success when we've partnered with other organizations. Because again, collective work makes the dream work. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And so like, for example, last year for, um, when we worked on the Latinx Wine Summit, You know, our ticket sales, 100% of those proceeds went to this nonprofit organization called the Botanical Bus. And they're based in Sonoma, and what they do is uh, wellness clinics for uh, vintage stewards and their family. that's amazing. And they just provide all these great like, holistic services um, that might not be available to this community. And so for us, it's all about what can we do to support. These great and initiatives. Them. And you're bringing that to them. They don't have to go somewhere else to get it. You're bringing yeah.
3: it
1: to
2: them. And amplifying the
3: work. through our platform, making sure that people mm-hmm. know that these incredible organizations are already doing the work. Mm-hmm. They just need support. So, all these people who are listening, who want to support
1: you and sponsor you and give you money and get involved, how do they find you? Okay,
3: so through our website, of course, um, it is www.hispanicsinfine.com. Um, you can DM us on Instagram. Uh, we're Maybe not on Twitter yet, but we will be on um, LinkedIn. Um, you can certainly find us, in, in, or even our, for our personal account, Lydia, under Sorbina you know, Concierge Maria R. Calvert. Like We're here to help and we're here to really put those dollars that we get to
1: actually work. We will make sure that that's all in the show notes so people can find that, because I think people often want to get involved and mm-hmm. want to help and support and reach out, and they don't know how to do it. so. Uh, I want to make sure that we do that. So just before I let you guys go, um, what would you most like to see happen in our industry that could further open doors for more people who are curious, but kind of hesitant, a little nervous, a little shy of pulling up their chair to the table? What would you say? What would you like to see
3: happening? Absolutely. I think uh, it, it kind of all goes back to like, you know, we want to be seen. Representation matters. So the work that we're doing, it's also to be visible to for other people to understand like oh you know if you can look like this you can be a woman you can be a little from a latino background and i can also work in one so i think that's really important like you know reach out to us we want we want as much people as possible to come at us and tell us like you know what i want to get into the industry how do i do that so i think if we're able to communicate that and also use Italian wineries or you know our wineries around the world that can, are able to promote our work so we can get more people involved the better
1: That's great, that's absolutely great. I'd love to see some internships happening, Mm -hmm. um, more mentorship programs happening, so I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for coming and taking time out of your conference at Wine to Wine to come and chat with me, I
2: really appreciate it. No, thank you, and I hope that today's conversation just sparks, at the end of the day, questions, because that's the way to start a conversation. Absolutely. Thank you you so much. Thank Thank you.